Hi guys, we are back. This is episode 11. Legs 11. It's Caitlin, it's Girl Wasted. You know the score. Something inspired me the other day and I want to share with you guys what it was. And it was a babe and a half that I have come to be good friends with. And she went on the cutest date. Now, this got me thinking about like how it's so unusual to have like a really nice date. You know, that's usually like quite a good starting point to a relationship. So I automatically, as I do, turned around and I was like, oh my god, how rare is that? So I was thinking just all about the worst dates I have ever had, naturally. Now, there's usually like a kind of turning point. So you have your first ever date and that is obviously the fucking start of this downward spiral that I (laughs) have been dealing with. So here we go. Let me set the motherfucking scene. I was 16 and if anyone knows of this very small time band called Muse, <laughs> they they had like a really good song in Twilight. We all love a little bit of Edward Cullen. They, they came in Glasgow and they were in the SECC. Now, there was a little bit of beef with me and the girls that were going, blah, blah, blah. I essentially was like, I'm going in, going to have a good time, going to leave. That was fine, whatever. And amidst all of the, because it was, it was standing in this um, arena kind of place. So if anyone doesn't know the SCC, it's next to the Armadillo. It's like a kind of tourist attraction. It's next to the Science Centre down by the Clyde side. And I'll... It was there obviously a long, long time before the hydro set up and I honestly don't really know if people still use the SCCC for music, but the hydro is kind of the main thing. However, I do like the SCCC, it's like got a special place in my heart. So, (laughs) totally deviated. Long before the hydro was there, let's just put that and make it very clear. There was no seating, I don't think, unless it was like up in the column. So we were in the standing and I'm obviously very tall. But there was guys in front of me that were even taller and then there was a group of um, people and a lot of jostling happens and everyone's jumping about and having a good time. So I, of course, got split up from the girls I was with. But I was kind of like, it's fine, we already had, because we're very sensible young girls from Glasgow, um, we had already set up like a kind of checkpoint for where to re-kind of connect like at the end, like all, we'll meet up underneath um, label D just at that doorway so it meant like if anyone did get lost you know don't panic in the middle don't freak out because everyone's still staying but we'll all regroup so that was the plan so I was not pressed however I was just bobbing about bobbing bobbing having a good time like all the songs were on like the boys are playing their songs and it was good and then there was this kind of group of I think they were kind of they must have been like Spanish or something because I don't think they really spoke English um but this was like what eight years ago now so <laughs> forgive my poor memory um the this guy had a few girls and he had his arms over their shoulders and they were just literally flinging themselves backwards and forwards like some sort of a sea shanty and I was just like what is going on right now so I was getting jostled about and then suddenly this guy was right next to me. He was also getting jostled about and he was like, these guys are having a good time. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. That they are having a good time and so am I. See you later. But then this guy kind of 
found me next to these even taller guys. So these, so I was pretty much 5'11 when I up to high school, which is not a kick in a fucking backside off of six foot tall. So at 16, as you can imagine, I was pretty much full height. Oh, six foot. And then these guys must have been about six foot four, six foot six. Like, they were huge. And they just kind of stood there like trees. And I was like, oh, okay. So the guy that had said to me that those people jostling about were having the best time, and I was like, haha, yeah, bye. He kind of followed me over at these guys. And um, I don't know what happened. And I was kind of just like over it. But um, we ended up just chatting, and he asked me for his for my number. He didn't ask me for his number. That would be fucking weird. Why would I have his number? So anyway, he and I swapped numbers, but he was shorter than me, so he had obviously decided I was the tree of choice in the crowd. He was going to climb me, little monkey boy. He was going to climb the tree. And I was just like, yeah, sure, here you go, whatever. Did not think too much of it. The concert ended. It was pretty dark in there, and a lot of stuff was going on, and I was just not really bothered about anyone around me, apart from, you know, just having a good time. So at the end of the thing, I kind of regrouped with the girls I was with and that was fine. I was like, you guys are going that way, I'm going this way. We had fun, see you later. I'm away. Lil mum wasted in the car outside, cursing the day I was born probably for making her sit outside in that fucking car park because if anyone's ever been there during like a high peak time of like (laughs) concerts or entertainment or whatever shows and they're coming out, it is ridiculous and... We used to make her do it quite a lot because we were always going to like gigs and that. So anyway, <laughs> so then I go on my way. She's like, oh my God, how was it? And I was like, oh, it was all right. Some guy was asking me for my number, um, got separated, but we all relinked at the end, blah, blah, away I go. So I'm sitting in geography the next day because, you know, sexy mum still in school. And suddenly this text comes through and he's like, oh, hey, it's, and we're going to change names, obviously, as we always do. It's Jack from the concert last night and I was like oh shit oh hi like and we chatted for two days and now (laughs) I'm very impatient I don't know if anyone's noticed I am very very impatient and I like things to be done rapid so we kind of got to day number three of texting and I kind of said like to my friends I didn't say to him I was not that ballsy at 16 (laughs) I said to my friends, like, I'm just going to tell him, like, I'm not looking for another pal if he doesn't ask me out. Because, obviously, that's what I'm all about. Like, I'm not wasting my time talking to someone just to make friends. I, obviously, now it's more pointed because I'm on online dating, whereas I just met this guy at a concert. Maybe he felt I was, like, a really good person to know. I don't know. Maybe he thought I was going somewhere with these fucking long legs. I'm not sure. So, eventually he asked me out for, for um food. So, turns out, he was like 19, 20 and I was 16. So looking back, that's a bit of an age. That's a bit of an age gap. So he was telling me about his uni stuff and whatever. And he was like, oh, let's go and see. Now this is this is a blast from the past. Madagascar, like back from the wild or back home in the wild or back, whatever the fuck, something to do with Africa, right? And he was like, my treat. And then we'll go to this place and... It's no longer in Glasgow, but at the time it was called Soho on Miller Street. It's now Thundercat, which is something that we, me and Colette, have reviewed, the Deadly Duo. However, I was like, alright, cool, and he was like, my treat. Now, to any other female on this fucking planet, that means I'm paying. And even at 16, this little sugar baby knew, (laughs) she knew (laughs) that that meant that he was paying. So, we get 
to the day of the date. I turn up, now I have got, it was a grey and white stripey kind of cropped jumper with suede elbow patches. Proper old man vibe, I was living. And then a little denim skirt and then some kind of like funky tights with like a big kind of cream coat and little boots. So it was a very cute little moment for me at 16, living that life of met someone outside of school and is actually going on my first proper date. Now, this is where it gets a little bit like cringy because he was like, meet me at one o'clock under the central station clock. And I was like, this is not the start of a bad like fucking rom-com. Like, this is not. (laughs) Are you sure? Anyway, as you do. My mum dropped me off, my little mum wasted, and her and my sister sat out in the car. And the t- <laughs> so once I had walked very calmly over to Jack, who was standing waiting, I literally came up to the side of him. So this man, this child, this boy, whoever the fuck, clearly has no peripherals because I walked up to him and put my hand on his shoulder and was like, hey. And he almost squealed at me. Like he was like, oh! And he was like, oh my god, you gave me such a fright. Now, I had walked through a group of policemen and a whole crowd. And I was just like, okay, like, you saw me coming. Like, what the fuck? So I don't know what was going on. But let me break down this outfit and this should give you a little bit of insight. He was very stocky, quite short. And I'll be real, I could not remember what his face looked like. Because we met in the middle of like a kind of Jocelyn concert crowd in the dark. Um, and he was too short for the light to actually get on his eyeballs. So I couldn't see what the fuck this guy looked like. And um, he's wearing a kind of charcoal grey kind of trench coat thing. Um, <laughs> a t-shirt that looks like it would put Pamela Anderson to shame. It literally was ripped to maybe the bottom of your rib cage, um, so a very, very deep V, also known as like a douchebag tee, so that, <laughs> that's the kind of vibe. He had like one, I think a little necklace on and um, grey jeans and kind of really battered like boots. I just remember all these things because I just was like, what is going on? So, you know, but I just was like, okay, maybe he thinks he's some sort of like Captain Jack not Sparrow, I'm talking Doctor Who, want to be kind of hang with less of a fucking shirt and waistcoat ensemble situation happening. So anyway, we walk out of the station and there's my wee mum and my sister sitting in the car and the two of them have decided to like lie down so that they can't be seen but so they could still see. So I was just mortified but I don't think he actually noticed. We walked from Central Station up to... Um, I think it's Cineworld at the top of town and we got in and like this is how ill-prepared this guy was. So we got in and he was like, oh, Madagascar, please. And the girl was like, oh, we've only got one that's in like an hour. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. Um, Or was it two hours? I can't remember, but it was a bit of a time. And then... um. He bought his ticket and turned around and went, are you going to get yours? Now, me right now, I would have walked away from him and been like, you can get a refund. Because, (laughs) what the fuck is that? 
are you going to get your ticket? I'm pretty sure you said my treat. So why the fuck would I buy my own ticket? So nevertheless, I kind of was like, haha, and bought my own ticket because I'm a pussy, clearly, at the age of fucking 16. And then he was like, well, we could go and I think we kind of fucked about a wee bit and just kind of I think we went and got some sweets or whatever I don't really know probably I think I got cherry drops because cherry drops are like the way of my heart I absolutely love them and then eventually we got into the cinema now I I pulled my coat round like my kind of shoulder chest area and I was just sitting quite cozy and I was starting to get kind of tired because I mean, I do love Madagascar, but like, it's not like the most captivating film on the on the fucking planet. And I was just a bit like, yeah, whatever, really fed up. And he was like, um, tell me about his girl best friend. And I was just like, I don't really care. And he was like, she just comes into my house sometimes. And I was like, mm-hmm, I don't care. And he's like, so you've never had a boyfriend? Oh my god, you're like the prettiest girl I've ever seen in real life. Like, you are the homecoming queen. Like, so this is how I know this man's like a kind of emo freak right now. Like, he's very, very into the kind of like American like underdog films and all that kind of vibe. And you'll know exactly what I mean when I say that. So I was just kind of, haha, yeah, whatever, kind of politely like shrugged it off and he just kept oh I can't believe you've never had a boyfriend I was like I don't really particularly want a boyfriend like I'm not pressed um and then it kind of just got weirder and weirder um just constant kind of almost berating me with like compliments like it was like a machine gun of bullshit okay a machine gun of bullshit coming out this fucking guy's mouth and I was pretty much sick yet but I kind of was like, I didn't really know how to get away, so then he was like, do you want to get lunch? And I thought, like, obviously my mum was like, maybe he's a bit nervous, blah, 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 as fucking mums tend to do. And I was like, "Mm," because I really wasn't sure how I felt about him, but I was like, not really sure what I was doing. And because it was eight years ago, I can't really remember the thought process behind it, but this is the story, so... We walk from the Cineworld all the way down to Miller Street, which is not much of a trek, but like a trek in terms of it's not next door. Um, maybe like a 10 minute, 15 minute walk max. And we got there and it was absolutely heave-hoing, like it was so, so busy. And the absolute plonker never thought to like book a table at a hidden. Now tell me how you're going to be 1920 at uni, living your fucking best life, doing whatever the fuck you want to do and not know how to book a table on a busy Saturday night or Saturday afternoon or whatever fucking time it was. I just remember that it was kind of like one at a time because it started to get dark quite soon. So anyway, we end up not able to get a table in Soho because it's going to be like another hour wait and I was like, I really cannot go this. So then we ended up in St Enoch's, um, St Enoch's shopping centre and we went to McDonald's, the old golden arches, here to save the motherfucking day. Here to save the day. So... I'm standing in the queue now. This is a long time before Corona, obviously eight years ago. Things were so, so very different. And there was about four queues standing to get served at McDonald's. Nobody really knew what queue they were in. Nobody knew who was first, who was last, who was middle, who was second, who was whatever. Nobody knew, okay? It was just a bit of a fucking stramash. And he was not really paying any attention to me at all. Um, And I actually bumped into a girl I used to know from school. Primary school. So that was a while ago. Um... And I was like, oh my god, hi, blah, 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 blah. This dick, instead of saying, Caitlin, elbowed me in the rib to get my attention. He elbowed me. <laughs> and I just, 
was like, what? <laughs> Proper, like, red flash across the eyes, like, demon situation. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he was like, what do you want? And I was like, just give me chips or whatever. And I turned back away from him and started talking to his girl. And she was like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, I honestly don't even know what to tell you. So then we went upstairs and there was a couple of guys sitting who obviously were more emo king than this dick that I was on a date with. He was like, I can't believe you've only just ordered chips. Like, as if it was a fucking, oh my god, you're like so different. Shut up. I ordered chips because I didn't really fucking want anything from McDonald's. I'm not that hungry and I don't like you. (laughs) So, (laughs) that was the whole situation. Now, these guys were sitting eyeballing the two of us thinking, what the fuck is going on here? And I don't think I even really ate the chips. I think he probably had most of my chips after the meal he had. And I was kind of like, right okay so at this point I'm starting to devise a plan to get out of here because it's not getting any better in fact it's just getting worse it's just getting worse and I don't tolerate things like that now (laughs) but obviously I clearly fucking did then and I knew that my friends were coming in to see one of the horror films that had just been released later that day and they invited me along and I said yeah I'll come it should be fine. I'll be finished with this guy by then before I'd even met this guy. So I didn't plan it being a long date, but here we are. Fucking like three hour saga or however long we ended up spending together. And I was like, right, let's let's go and have a little sit in George Square. Um, so that was that's what happened. So we went and sat in George Square. He was sitting quite comfortably on one of the benches while I was like clinging on for fucking dear life because like I'm taller than him, we've already established I was the tree of choice. He had his, he decided he was going to put his little short arm over my shoulder and kind of pull me into him a little bit, which then meant my fucking lower back was sitting where the butt should have been and the ass was gripping the side of the bench and my legs were just flailing. I was like, I'm so glad we're sitting here. So my plan at this point was to kind of catch people I knew and be like, right, I'm away, see you later. I was 16, let's not start slagging me the fuck off for the situation I got myself into, okay? I had never been on a proper date before and he was older and it's whole thing. You know what you're like when you're 16 and I hate to say it, but girls are kind of raised to be polite. So here we go. So that, so Bozo has got his arm over my shoulder and I'm just like, oh, fuck off. Like, this is so not chill. And he's just like, oh, you're so small. And I'm like, yeah, because you're only holding like a fucking eighth of my body fucking move like so we're I'm sitting very aware of what is about to happen next and I am oh look at that building over there don't you want to know some history oh my goodness did you know there's a statue of liberty up on that and did you know oh look at that look at that um wind dial thing up there that has a globe on and a ship did you see that's very interesting i'm talking about buildings to avoid what we all know is on the agenda okay i'm i'm trying to avoid it but you know while i'm sitting talking about these buildings there's some very very lovely lesbians setting the scene um on a bench across the square and now they like I mean really really set in the mood one of them has her jeans unbuttoned she's straddling the other one the one underneath has her hand inside the unbuttoned jeans and is kissing the girl on top and I'm just like sitting there trying to avoid what is inevitably coming while they are going for gold in the corner and 
was just like, could this get weirder? Could this? Glasgow, could this get weirder? It honestly. So then he pulled his face. He, well, he didn't pull his face. He kind of pulled me towards him. And I knew it was coming. The sense of dread that filled my fucking gut. I was like, oh. So he tried to kiss me. So I pecked him. Like rapid fire ninja kiss. Done. He's like, obviously did not quench the thirst for a real kiss. And um, yeah, so he kissed me. Like how he kind of tightened his arm around my shoulder. And I honestly, it could not have been described better as an anaconda. Like I felt like the poor cow on the side of the river. Like I was trapped. I'm about to be squeezed to death. And the only release would be a kiss. So I was essentially kind of trapped. I didn't really fancy it, but needs must and I kissed him and boys I don't know what to tell you but if you lead with tongue what the fuck are you doing it felt like I literally had swallowed a wasp's nest like that tongue was darting about all over the fucking inside of my mouth like there was a bat in my mouth that's the only way I can describe it hello corona like bat in the mouth what the fuck we just don't kiss like that it was fucking bizarre and then this is as well as the fucking rapid fire. Oh my god, you're so pretty. I just don't know how to handle you. You're so pretty. Oh my god, I've never met someone so pretty as you. Wee. Shut up, you wee pig. And then as soon as he kissed me and this kind of torture was over because the tongue really went down my fucking throat. I was like, how do my tonsils taste, you dick? In fact, we weren't even talking tonsils. We were talking esophagus. We were talking lungs. I've never been so violated in my life. <laughs> my lungs were cringing away like fucking get out of my fucking body so then he turns around he's like oh my god like butter wouldn't melt and I was like where are my friends <laughs> I don't know how to get rid of you you fucking creep so that was the situation then he started saying come on we'll get into a bar I can get you into a bar and I was like I am 16 I don't even have an ID more than a Scott card I what do you want <laughs> And I just thought it was very, very high fucking risk of him. Even at the time, even at 16, I was like, you're a bit of a fucking dick. What the hell? So I wasn't really into it. Obviously, I've made it very clear I wasn't very into it from the beginning. Um, But yeah, just I kind of was like, right, well, because I thought, obviously, try to get a girl underage into a bar to get her booze is pretty fucking illegal. So... I'm predatory. I'm very, very predatory, I should say that. Very predatory. And don't ever do that. Don't ever kiss like that. Don't ever do that. So then we are walking through town and he's trying to hold my hand and he's just still bombarding me. And do you know, have you ever seen Rules of Engagement? And um, it's on E4 if you've never, so you should look at it. And the guy, David Spade, plays like a kind of, a kind of weaselly wee man. A kind of weaselly wee man. At- <laughs> And it just reminded me of him. Um, it was just ridiculous. Um, just very, very, like, thought he was a ladies' man. Like, he had, like, three three little strands of hair on his chest. And he was like, I'm so manly. And I, I put 3,000 bricks in my backpack and run up a mountain every morning before I go to university. And I... I am I am something else and my girl best friend that I definitely don't shag because no one else will <laughs> and it's been mean but yeah so that was the situation and then um, we actually did end up in a bar but it was the bar in the cinema world because I thought fuck this 
um so we just used our tickets to get in and we sat and he had a drink and he, he thought he was being very like suave he thought he was being very very i don't know top of his game or whatever and he was sitting drinking but he could not have been more sprawled out across this chair now we all know this to be man spreading now but at the time i was just like oh my god this is embarrassing why are you sitting like that you absolute cretin yeah the day ended by like me meeting up my pals i ditched him outside kfc and i went in with the, the guys and the girls whoever was in there really to talk about what the fuck had gone on and how i couldn't get rid of him do you know this date went on for like eight hours I think by the time the picture ended, like, he didn't want to go and I couldn't get rid of him. And I was also very quite, like, not timid. I would never say I'm timid. But I wasn't sure how to get rid of him. And I didn't want to upset him or hurt his feelings. I know, who would have thought it, right? Um, So that was the thing. I kind of was trapped. But now, obviously, my mentality is, like, to never be in a situation like that. And if you don't want to be, who gives a fuck about their feelings if you're the one that's wasting your own time? Like you know, do what you want to do, do what you need to do and sort that shit out. So then I ended up in a house party, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> we continued to text for a couple of days and I really wasn't into it. Like really, really was not into this. And I was doing math homework one night because obviously I was 16 and um, I had trouble with one of the questions. So I had quite a lot of guy pals, I still do, um, and I phoned one of them and he was raging. He never got a text back. Now, this is after one date. So what does that tell you? Cycle there. So it was a guy that I had been friends with and um, he was helping me. Now, this Jack got very, very rag. And he was like, why are you phoning? Uh, well, phone me. If, you may as well phone me if you're phoning them. And I was like, I don't think you're going to be sitting with a fucking textbook open. Okay, I don't think you're going to be sitting with the textbook fucking open, ready to help me, ready, able and willing. Okay, I don't think that's the situation. So I'll deal with you when I'm done. And um, I was very, very over it. Now, he kept suggesting that I go all the way. So he stayed in a place called Carluke, which is quite a jaunt from Glasgow. And he suggested I go all the way out to Carluke, stay out there for a bit, and then get the train into town at midnight and then come home to me but from town if the tra- if I don't meet the last train it's about a half hour drive out from town and I was just like absolutely fucking not and then I suggested like if he was wanting to actually see me again he would be coming through to where I stay um and he just was kind of like and I said you know what I actually don't really want to do this so it got to maybe lunchtime in school maybe three days after we had had our first date and I just phoned him and said hey listen like I mean nice to meet you I'm glad that I paid for my own cinema ticket I don't really want to see you again just thought I'd let you know I thought it was nicer than a text and he was like right fine but before this actually I should say he was phoning so obviously I had to phone him I didn't have to but I kind of yeah you know you know the way so I phoned him and he put me on speaker and he laid the phone on his pillow. This is what he told me. He was like, oh, I've put you on speaker and laid you on the pillow next to me. It's like you're right here with me. <laughs> Are you mentally stable? What the fuck? So I just like, right, that's weird. So then the next day is when I said, right, I'm cutting this off. Cutting you loose. Fucking go and harass somebody else. Try and grow some more chest hair. Do what you need to do. Go and run more mountains. Add an R3000 bricks. Do whatever the fuck you want. Because it doesn't have anything to do with me. 
bye and then as soon as I got off the phone which I thought honestly you would want a little phone call and just say listen this isn't working for me all the best see you later apparently not shrewd did not require a phone call I'm devastated have a nice life all right son calm the fuck down what a way to reply like you could just have left the phone call there would have been no bad blood but you have just shown your true colors and the fact that you don't handle rejection well was it the age gap you thought was gonna seduce me into your fucking poorly behaved ways like what did you think was gonna happen the homecoming queen doesn't go out with the fucking jester okay like let's just put that out there right now However, saying that, I have dated some amount of clowns, so maybe she does. (laughs) The hard facts are, I never saw that man again. And this is another thing, because you know how people like to stop people online. My friends actually looked him up. And he had put up a very, very big status after their first date, saying that he didn't name names and he, he said that in the post that he wasn't like looking to give too much information away but he was buzzed he was so into it and I was like how can people have such different expectations how can you be so out of touch with reality for your behavior to be so crazy <laughs> to not actually realize the other person's so so not in it but I feel like women have the ability to look like that and see how does this feel for both and a lot of men are just like this is great for me and that is where it ends <laughs> so anyway that is the starting point of my dating life my serial dater fucking status serial dater status that's another thing someone actually pulled me up for that the other day i mean until you are in an exclusive situation you don't really owe anyone shit however that is just something that popped into my head now I have obviously just stated that I am a serial dater. I have a full roster, a full back catalogue, an encyclopedia style thickness of bad dates. <laughs> I cannot. I will slowly but surely, I'll, I'll lighten the load on you guys and I will fill your ears with some fucking bullshit situations and some terrifying encounters. Like, I, I won't lie, like, dating right now and dating in general and the world we live in is a scary place and you do have to always take your measures and precautions and all the rest of it um but yes so this was just inspired by an absolute babe and a half that I have recently like kind of really connected with yeah she was just she said he was the nicest guy and she had the best time and she was saying oh I'm just not used to this and I said you have to get accustomed to this because you're dating the scum in Glasgow and scummy wee boys and fuck boys and wasters and all these people that just are not genuine and you just think when you get a good guy you're like oh my god this is crazy and you start to kind of be like oh my god this is too much it's not too much it's not too well there's a fucking fine line between too much but if that guy's showing genuine like interest and wants to spend time with you like this guy set up a date before they'd even finished their first date i fucking love that show your keen show your interest and um girls that's what you want you want someone who's thoughtful and planning shit and eager and keen and texting you and letting you know and even i've said it before people have time for what they want but yes so i hope you've enjoyed this bullshit experience of mine good old caitlin 
Girl Wasted Dating Disaster 101, the pinnacle of the downward spiral. <laughs> and yeah, next weekend, next Sunday, babies, next Sunday, we have an absolute babe and a half, a belter de creme de la creme of chat. She is unreal and I think I might be in love with her. She is Chloe. She is a stripper from London. She's a unreal, unreal sounded voice and I cannot hype up next week's episode enough. It is going to be a screamer like us. And yeah, so get your fucking ears ready for that bad boy and I will see you next Sunday. (laughs) 